Hey there, industrial marketers. Welcome to the Manufacturing Marketer Podcast, powered by Gorilla76, the industrial marketing agency. This show is all about the unexpected twists and turns that come with marketing in the manufacturing industry. If you're part of a small marketing team at a manufacturing company, then this show is for you. Join us as we explore the latest trends, strategies, and tactics to help you succeed in B2B manufacturing marketing. I'm your host, Brennan Forrest. And in today's episode, we're gonna be diving deep into the world of mobile website design for manufacturing businesses. With more and more people accessing websites on their mobile devices, it's essential that you prioritize your mobile website design to provide a seamless user experience for your customers. And joining me today is a pro at designing mobile websites for manufacturing businesses, Randall Zates, Digital Creative Director at Real76 will be sharing his insights, tips, and tricks to help you optimize your mobile website design and stand out from your competition. Randall, it's good to have you with me, man. Good to be here. All right. So, Randall, can you just give a quick uh, quick intro on, on who you are and some experiences you've had on website designs? Because you've designed a couple websites. <laughs> yeah, only a couple. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'm a creative director, digital creative director at Gorilla, and I've been working here for almost nine years. Next month is my nine-year anniversary. And in that time, I've designed a lot of websites and the landscape has changed a lot in that time and mobile websites and mobile optimization has become more and more of a focus for us. And traditionally it's been not really a focus because in our space, in the industrial space, the majority of traffic has been on desktop websites. Um, you know, we're still following mobile best practices and all of that stuff, but now things are heating up in the mobile space. We're getting more mobile visitors and, uh, it's more and more important every day to pay attention to it. So first question for you, Randall, why do you think mobile is becoming more important? You know, like you've been here for nine years. It's like, what, what, what do you think has changed in our environment to that, you know, shift into mobile? Um, well, I think specifically with the industrial B2B space, it's, they're they're starting to catch on to things that the B2C space has been doing for a very long time, you know, social media advertising. And naturally, most people are consuming social media on their phones because it's something you do in your free time for fun to be entertained. Um, LinkedIn's a little bit weird. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I always use LinkedIn on my desktop, but a lot of people use it on their phones. So you, you're going to be having more people if you're going to be running ad campaigns through social media. Um, landing on your site from a mobile device. Yeah. So some points on this. We, me and Randall work together on all of our clients, or all of my clients, at least. Randall works on every client at Gorilla. Um, but we are noticing some poor performance on one of our landing pages for one of our clients. And as I dived into the data, especially with our campaign, so we're looking at Google and Facebook and then just general website traffic through organic. And over well over half of our traffic on Google ads came from mobile, which I thought was surprising, right? I'm imagining like a manufacturing or process engineer, you know, sitting at their desk trying to solve a problem. And it said like they're searching for, you know, large pieces of capital equipment on their mobile devices, which kind of blew my mind. I like my hypothesis and my assumption was always like, oh, this super expensive stuff that a person's working on for work, they're going to do it on their desktop. And it was, I can't remember the numbers, but it was like 66% of the traffic came from mobile and 33% came from desktop. So that was crazy on Google ads. But then you go and look at Facebook, Randall, and mm-hmm. we drove thousands of people to their landing page on Facebook. <laughs> Literally five people came from desktop. Five. Yeah, that's, that's bad. <laughs> so 
we, and then we started to dig into like what was happening on the landing page. And we just, there were some things that were happening on the landing page on the mobile side that just weren't working. Um, but it, yeah, so we're just starting, we're starting to see, and like you said, a good amount of traffic coming in from LinkedIn mobile. Um, there's still more desktop traffic coming from LinkedIn than there are is Facebook, but still it's most of the people are coming from mobile now. Uh, and then even just like organic search, like you could see a, a big chunk of people coming from mobile. So um, yeah, people are making the, sh- making the change. And at least on the clients that I started to see a lot of people on mobile. And I would imagine for most of the audience, you should go and look at your data in Facebook, Google ads and Google analytics and see how people are getting to your website and see if mobile is starting to become the primary driver of devices for people. So let's talk about that landing page that we had. What were some things on that page do you think was hurting our performance? Yeah. So on mobile, you're really limited screen real estate, which makes it surprising that people are going to look at something, a super complicated, high cost machine on their mobile device. I don't know about anyone else, but like looking at complicated things that you might need to have a couple tabs open, maybe two screens on your mobile phone. It, it just seems tedious, but despite that surprise, um, on mobile for, for that particular instance, I think a big thing is just cutting to the chase right away. So messaging is very important. And the concept of above the fold, um, is also even more important on mobile because people, if you're on your mobile device, you're generally like not sitting at your desk, Mm -hmm. you're probably in a hurry. Um, and you need to get to the point and you need to give them a very, very clear call to action. So cut, cut stuff out for mobile, hide, hide things, um, shorten up your headlines and your paragraphs. I think that like kind of like, you know, like when you open up a landing page or, you know, a homepage on desktop, like you can see everything you can see the nav bar, you can see the logo, you can see the get a quote button, you can see the headline, the sub headline, the image. Uh, and then you can start to even see some stuff that's below the banner on on mobile that changes right all you can really see is like maybe a really tiny logo the little hamburger menu and the one headline and so if like if your one headline doesn't catch them you're kind of screwed right (laughs) you know you're you're above the fold is a lot shorter on mobile yeah immediacy is is very important that that brings up uh your site speed which is a not necessarily about design but design does have an impact on it um, how big your images are, how many assets you're loading on page load. But the general rule of thumb, and if you Google this, Google will even tell you um, if your page, if it takes longer than three seconds to load, people are going to bounce. So make sure you're not like putting a huge print worthy image at the top of your page. It's making it slow to load and things like that. Yeah. So this landing page that we had, um, I think it's a nice landing page. It does pretty well for us on desktop. But people like the way that we had to set it up, there was no form at the top, right? So people have to scroll down or hit the button, you know, to jump down to the formats at the bottom of the page. And we weren't getting people scrolling. Like I think almost all traffic dropped off halfway through the landing page. So no one was even getting close to seeing the form and having the opportunity to fill that thing out. Um, and then like there wasn't a lot of clicks anywhere. And so it was basically people get to the page, scroll a little bit, and then just bounce because there's just so much there. Um, and so Randa, what I want to talk now is, you know, let's get away from you know, that landing page. And let's talk about like how to actually make something that's effective for, for mobile websites. So what do you think make up the key elements of an effective mobile website? Yeah. So 
page speed is probably number one. And in the first view, there needs to be a clear like next step or value proposition or, or both actually. Um, you want a quick headline that somebody can read and get the gist of what it's about with in the fraction of a second. Um, you don't want people to think too much. Um, and then right after that, hit them with the call to action thing that they should be doing. If they're actually interested, give them something to do that's not scrolling down the page, reading through paragraphs. Um, and simplifying everything is, is very, very important. Um, so make sure at the in the first view on a phone, you're getting a clear headline, a clear call to action, and that it loads fast. Those are the biggest things for a mobile website design. Everything that comes after that on the page still needs to be snappy and quick and mm -hmm. punchy. Um, you don't want to be giving them paragraphs and paragraphs of text and things like that. So what about things like, let's say like layout, color scheme, font choice, do any of those things impact the mobile experience and should they be different from your desktop experience? Or is it kind of universal between the two? I wouldn't change your font on mobile. If anything, you wanna work on font size. You probably should have a separate style sheet or um, responsive style sheets for different screen sizes. So. There's some like math ratios that you'll want to work out so that, you know, you might have a huge headline that looks really great on desktop and it's super impactful. But if you have that same headline on mobile, all you're going to see is just like one word per hey. line. <laughs> so like you don't want to do that. And yeah. you also don't want to make your, your body copy too small. Um, so that it's, it's a tough balance to strike because you still want contrast. You want it to be really obvious when someone's scrolling through to be able to scan the page because yep. most people, again, online are in a hurry. They're in an even bigger hurry on their phone. So you want your headlines to obviously be bigger than the body copy and you want them to signify this is a new section. Uh, this is a new idea. Mm -hmm. If they're too close, the whole page just kind of starts to look like a really long article. Yeah. And it's not very enticing. Um, any, any thoughts on like on color scheme or is that, do you think that can kind of work for both desktop and mobile? Um, your color scheme should stay the same. You know, I, I would say in general, what applies to mobile and desktop, as far as color schemes is simpler is better. Um, almost monochrome and then pick one color, like your main brand color for the color that you're going to use for action items. So, um, you know, if your brand color scheme is like gorillas, is gray and orange and white. Orange is our brand color and orange is the color of our buttons and a few other elements and everything else is gray and white. And that makes it really obvious like, hey, I need to click on this button or hey, this is an important item. So there, there's contrast in the color palette that you're using and the color palette that you use for desktop should work on mobile as well. What about, is there any other small things that people should consider? You know, like I'm talking like maybe padding, or you know anything else like that that we should think about when we're designing these mobile websites. Yeah, white space is good, believe it or not. And, and that may seem counterintuitive because earlier we were saying, well, you have very limited screen real estate. So the, the natural reaction to that is, well, let's squeeze everything together. Mm -hmm. When you squeeze stuff together, there's not a separation of ideas and sections. And when you're reading a book, um, for example, like when you end a chapter, they don't just start 
into the next chapter, there's usually almost an entire empty page. Right. And it's there for a reason. It's to give you a pause. It's to give your eye a break. So you can maybe sit and think about what you just read. Mm -hmm. You know that you're starting a new section. Um, And also everyone is scanning websites. Unless they're really, really interested, they're not sitting there and reading every word and especially on mobile. So you, you want that white space in there to set things apart. It's a very easy way to to set up a, a rhythm and a hierarchy to your page and delineate between sections without adding yet another visual element like a horizontal rule or something like that that ends up just being more noise. Yep. Okay, Randall, what are some of the common mistakes that you've seen out there for mobile website design? Yeah, I see this a lot and it's it's going from desktop to mobile when when they're designing or when you're developing it and it's not thinking about how you're going to reorder elements and sections on mobile. So on desktop you might have image on the left and your text on the right and your banner image and when you go to mobile naturally everything goes left to right top to bottom and it all just stacks vertically. Mm-hmm. And if the image is on the left and you haven't explicitly told it to display differently, probably the only thing someone's going to see when they land on your page on mobile is just a big image, Mm. no headline, because it's going to take up all that space. So carefully consider how the different elements on your page are going to stack, you know, and the most important stuff needs to go on top. And usually the most important thing is your headline and your call to action. So those two things really need to be at the very top or a form field if you can fit it. It should at least be poking up the bottom of the page so that people know, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do here. Um, When you're you're wireframing, do you wireframe separately for desktop and then do a separate wireframe for mobile? Typically, yes, if the page isn't super clear. So internally at Gorilla, I work really closely with the same developer uh, every day. And so I don't have to spell it out for him typically. You know, I will mock up mobile wireframes or mobile designs even if it's not super clear. So like if there is a reason we do, going back to that example of having the image on the left and your text on the right on desktop, um, if we do have something like that, and I need to explicitly say, hey, we're going to do something non-standard here and we're going to move these elements around on mobile, then I'll mock that up. Okay. So, but that is only because you have a very strong working relationship with our developer. Yes. Uh, yeah. If you don't have a strong relationship, probably should work on doing a completely separate wireframe. It sounds like for mobile, just to make sure like you're not missing anything. Cause I think it's, it's really easy. Like you said to like, we're going to make a really nice desktop experience and then let mobile just be an afterthought. And I think what we're saying here is like, you can't do that anymore. Like it has to be yet very thought out and planned just like you would for the desktop. Yeah. And even it, it's, it's a good idea if you're new to this and you don't have a ton of experience to start on mobile because mobile is very restrictive. So it's going to force you to think about what are the most important things? What am I going to have to cut? And if you get it working well on mobile first, it's going desktop's going to be easy because you have so much more room. You've already cut your message down to core elements. You've cut it down to like the core images that you need to show and whatever functionality you want. Mobile, mobile is admittedly harder to do. So if you start there, desktop's going to be easy and it's going to force you to make those tough decisions about what am I going to cut? 
to make this experience as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. What other mistakes have you seen? I mean, one the the other really big mistake is uh, page speed. In on mobile, your internet speed is even worse. It's almost always connected to Wi-Fi or even worse, like 3G or 5G networks, which are spotty at best. Um, it's never hardwired. So it, the connection speed is always slower. And your mobile phone is always in the background, hogging up bandwidth with, you know, like Facebook and all that stuff running in the background. So speed is critical. And one of the worst things you could do for site speed is have like huge images. Mm. Be really careful to optimize your images for web. And you can even deliver more optimized images for mobile. Um, with with code basically with breakpoints and whatnot so responsive design principles really apply um, and making a desktop optimized version of your image and then optimizing your image for mobile recrop it make it smaller a little bit higher compression um, if you're feeling fancy you can try webp image format which is just another compression algorithm that's different than jpeg images but it's really really efficient but it doesn't make your image look like it's been deep fried basically from over compression. Nice. Uh, the other thing I, I've seen, and I think, you know, this just happens with manufacturing companies is content with large chunks of text that are hard mm-hmm. to read on desktop and then even harder to read on mobile. Right. So um, just think about how you're writing and, you know, shorter paragraphs, I think are always better here. And like, like you said, Randall, like we have to make things scannable, add headlines in where it makes sense. Um, really think about making, really think about readability as you're creating content. Otherwise, like if, if it's a really, if it's the best piece you ever made, but it's hard to read, no one's ever going to read it. And so you might yeah. as well have not made it. Yeah. It, it, with writing in design for, for mobile, basic principles are really, really important. Meaning if, if you're going to write a really good article, you're going to basically get to the point at the beginning of the article to get people hooked. And then you're going to go on later and explain it in more depth. Mm-hmm. You want to do the same thing with your content on a landing page on mobile. You want to get to the point right away. And with design, the other end of that, you want to cut as much as you can. You don't want unnecessary stuff in there. You don't want visual noise just for the sake of things like looking cool. Of course you want, some branded elements in there so people can recognize your brand and you're building that brand recognition, but cut, 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 always cut, mm-hmm. cut till it's like, it almost hurts for you to like delete elements in interaction on your page. That That is really, really key to just good design and good writing in general, and especially on mobile because you're so limited on space. Nice. Okay, so I think the other thing that we should talk about here is you know, you create the site, you know, you deploy it, it's live. How are, how are you tracking? And I can add in some things here and how I track this, but what, what metrics are you looking for to ensure that things are working well on mobile and that the design is doing what we want it to do? Well, bounce rate is definitely important on mobile because if it's slow, you're going to know your bounce rate is going to be up high. Um, Scroll depth is also important, especially if you're not hitting them with a form right away. You know, I think it's okay to like put a form towards the bottom of the page as long as it's very, very clear how to get to that form. Yeah, forms can get long. Um, so scroll depth is really important. 
and uh, time on page. Also, if people are engaging in reading, um, that's really good. And just keeping an eye on on site speed metrics, like Google has, I, I think it's called Lighthouse. You can put any URL in there and they're going to tell you how it performs on a simulated mobile connection and on a mobile device. And that's generally the hardest one to get Google to give you like all A's on everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll put yeah. a link to that in the description of this episode uh, so people can find it easy. And you can yeah, just and running heat maps too is also pretty useful. Um, you can see where, where people are clicking and depending on what heat map software you're using, you can actually watch recorded videos of their session. So you can see where people maybe are getting hung up or maybe they're highlighting some text on your page. Maybe that body copy that people are noticing and highlighting is more important and you can optimize your headline for that. Um, you could see sometimes people are clicking on images maybe because they want to see the product that you're selling bigger. So maybe providing an opportunity for them to do that elsewhere. You know, you can say, hey, go check out this image gallery so you can see these products bigger. Um, just keeping an eye on what people are doing on your page is a really good idea with heat maps. The other thing I'll say here too is with Google and I think with most heat maps, heat map software, you can filter out to just look at people do on mobile, right? So you can look at the whole website experience and then you can separate out and say like, what are people doing? Like what's the bounce rate with mobile? What's the bounce rate with desktop? And then you can look at just like, so we use Lucky Orange at Gorilla uh, as our heat map software and you can separate it out mobile and desktop traffic or all. Um, and so you can see like, how are people behaving with your mobile website? And that stuff is super important. That, like That's how I initially saw like there was an issue with that landing page was I was on Lucky Orange and I was looking at mobile and I saw scroll depth was not very, people weren't getting down to the bottom of the page. So that's when we kind of raised the bell and like, we got to work on this. So um, yeah, so like you said, use those tools and separate out the mobile and just see what's happening. Uh, if your bounce rate is really good on desktop, but really bad on mobile, time to work on your mobile design. Yeah, a little plug for Lucky Orange. It's, it's really good. I highly recommend that if you want to dive deep into seeing what your visitors are doing. Um, you can get as fancy on Lucky Orange where like, if you notice that people are dropping off in your form fill, like on a specific form, you can tell Lucky Orange, I only wanna watch videos of people that dropped off on this form field. And you can see what they did leading up to it and afterwards if they went to another page. So you can really zero in on issues and address them in, in a pretty clear way. All right, Rand, I want to get into some brass tacks here and how people can actually start, you know, doing this themselves. And remember, remember, we're not really talking to website designers. We're talking to like small marketing teams, you know, so like basically you're talking to Brendan in-house at a manufacturing company. What is Randall's approach to website design, specifically mobile website design? It's like, what is like the, the process that you go through for designing, you know, from wireframing and then into design, then handing it off to the developer? So what does that, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I always start with wireframes and even, well, I'll take it a step back before that. Ask questions and get to know like, what what are your KPIs for this page? What's the goal? What are the customer's needs? Like try and get inside the head of the customer that you're targeting. I, I feel like that's like marketing 101, but if you're designing a website and you're getting ready to do wireframes, it's important to have a very clear picture of that. Um, and then I'll get into wireframes. And usually while I'm wireframing, I'll be pulling up examples of landing pages. I'll go and look at 
design forums. I'll look at Dribble. I'll look at Reddit just to get some ideas and inspiration and see what's working for other people. Um, and then wireframe it. And as far as like how you're wireframing it, you can literally do that with pen and paper. Mm-hmm. I use software because I it makes it faster for me, but I used to wireframe everything on a whiteboard first and I would just like take pictures of it. Okay. It. So your wireframes don't have to be perfect or pretty. And it's really just to think through like, do we have the right sections in the right order and with the right emphasis on everything? Um, it's really great if you can go ahead and start like putting your real copy into your wireframes, but it's not critical. So something you can do with wireframes if you're unsure about it, you know, like at Gorilla, we've we've done a lot of landing pages, so we know what works and what doesn't. But if you're unsure, put your wireframe in a tool called Envision. It's free and it makes it interactive. You can draw little hotspots on it and stuff and send a link out to people and ask them, you know, to review it, interact with it and see what they have to say. So get a little bit of like cheap user testing in there if you need to. Um, Once you feel good about your wireframes, then it's time to put in copy and design. And there's tons of resources out there and tools that are free or cheap. You don't need to buy Adobe stuff. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars a month to, to do design. Um, Figma has a free trial and you can start doing your design in there. Um, Adobe XD, I think can be gotten for fairly cheap and sketch can be gotten for like $90 a month and there's no like yearly commitment. So those are some design tools that you can use to start bringing color and pictures and typography to wireframes. I, Speaking for myself, for I think for the rest of the audience, a lot of us don't have design experience, and like it's a kind of a step past our job description to do that. So you know, this is probably one of the things that most marketers will reach out to get some help with. Yeah. What should they be looking for in terms of finding a good website designer slash developer? Um, look at their portfolio, of course, and make sure that it's like good work and that they have work that is relevant to you, because oftentimes. Design is like kind of straddling this world of like art and not art. Um, And some people are designers and they're really good at like doing print stuff. And they may be totally killer at that. And when they go to apply that to web, it's going to fail. So look at their portfolio, make sure they have examples of what you're trying to do and good mobile design best practices. Um, When you're vetting them, ask lots of questions. Um, and if you hire someone and they aren't like pushing back on your ideas, a good designer is always going to push back on revisions, at least one or two, um, because they know best if they're a professional designer, they should be pushing back. Um, and you can get really good designers through websites like Dribbble, um, even Fiverr, you can find some on there. Don't, don't go with the cheapest route either. Don't go with the $5 one. No. <laughs> You can spend a little bit more and you can get really stellar work. Um, and they 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 should be challenging you. Designers should be asking you questions before they ever design anything about who your audience is, what your goals are, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not, they're not thinking deeply about your product and how to create a design that's best for that. Uh, what 
do you like to see as feedback from a person, you know, like marketing manager, marketing strategist, director of marketing? Like, what are you looking for for feedback on your designs to make sure that this thing is going to work? Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like, you know, there's probably getting review at wireframes and then probably getting review after website's been designed. So what are you looking for in each step? Okay. In wireframes, I'm looking for, and again, it's the goal of wireframes is to make sure that we have everything in the right place and in the right order. Um, typography and color and all that are absent. So we're just making sure that like the bones of it are there. Um, and the term, a little bit of history, I think always makes wireframing clear. A wireframe comes from sculpture, where if you were going to make a clay sculpture of a human form, like throwing a baseball, you would literally take wire and basically build a skeleton because it's easy to like change the arm position or its head is slightly tilted. And then once you have that just right, then you start putting clay on it, putting the flesh on it. Um, but once you do that, it's kind of like set in stone. Yeah. So that's the idea. Literally of for sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're framing you're framing the bones of your yeah. page, okay. and it's really easy to make changes there because you're not worried about design. Um, so what we're looking for there is like, hey, these sections are totally out of order, or we need to come up with a totally new section. Like we want to throw um, an image gallery on here, or you know, we need an interactive spreadsheet or something like that. Um, but what's not good on wireframes, sometimes it's easier to say what kind of feedback isn't helpful is like talking about images, talking about color, getting into the weeds on like what the words are on the page, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, so wireframes are like napkin sketch ideas, basically. Yep. For design, um, we want to hear feedback with uh, a, a why. Why isn't this working? Um, you can always tell a designer, I don't like this color, or I don't like that picture, or I don't like this font. But it, frankly, it doesn't matter what you like and what your personal preferences are. It's all about what resonates with your customer. Um, so couch all of your feedback in that. Challenge yourself to think a little bit more deeply. You may be right that that certain shade of red isn't the right kind of red for the button, but think about why you feel that way. Um, and if you can do that and you give your designer feedback, like this red isn't working because in our space, we're targeting someone who has a cultural thing that like red means something bad. Um, that's really good information. Designer can take that and they'll remember that and apply it. And so they've learned something about your audience. Um, we get feedback a lot about like making logo bigger, too much white space, that kind of stuff. And we'll push back on that. Um, generally, a designer is going to make you a little bit uncomfortable with certain things because they're they're trying to provide the best experience. And sometimes it's not intuitive what those design decisions need to be. Is that helpful? <laughs> Super helpful. Cool. I was taking notes uh, for the next website project with you. <laughs> it'll make it pop right that's what you're looking for uh, all right what advice would you give to manufacturing businesses that are just starting to think about you know designing their website or redesigning a mobile website um think about why you want to do it you don't always need to totally blow up your website it's a big project they're never easy mm -hmm. 
it, it, it can, it almost always at some point gets frustrating for everyone involved. Um, just because it's a big thing. Your website is huge. It's complicated. It's got several different technologies driving it typically. Um, so really carefully consider your, your reasoning for wanting to redesign your website. If it's just a fresh coat of paint and it doesn't really like, you don't think it's actually hurting your performance, I, I wouldn't do it. Um, so I always start with that. Um, other things to think about is how can we simplify the website? So if you're rebuilding your website, take a look at it, figure out what you can cut first. That's that's a theme with designers is we just want to cut stuff all the time. Um, think about it. Like, it seems like most manufacturing businesses that we look at with their websites, there's just so much there. And it's like, you and me have looked at a lot of websites for manufacturing companies. And I think every time we look at them, like for a new client or whatever, we just get overwhelmed with how much stuff is on the site. And I, I never, a lot of times I never even feel like I know what they do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah so if I feel that way after looking at hundreds of websites and you ran a probably like tens of thousands of websites, uh, if you don't know like what you do, like off the first couple seconds, you got a, a probably a positioning problem and then be a design problem. Yeah. Yeah, start start by making a sitemap. It doesn't have to be fancy. You can do this in a spreadsheet, but think critically about what you want in your main navigation and what pages you want within that. And usually if you if you have more than like seven things in your main navigation and you have flyout menus with you know nested pages and stuff, if you can't get everything you want to get as like seven main sections of your site, you're you need to like don't jump into wireframes. Don't jump into design. You really need to take the time and cut stuff and figure out how you can simplify it. Um, because the more complicated that site architecture is, if you drew a tree diagram of every page on your website, if it's super complicated, imagine how complicated it's going to be for someone navigating that site. Yeah. Uh, what resources and tools are out there for someone to to start thinking about this? You kind of mentioned some, right? So I think you said Dribble. Uh, mm -hmm. There's some places on Reddit to go. Anywhere specific on Reddit that you found valuable? Because sometimes, like, it's either dumpster fire or it's like a golden. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's 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 hard to tell. A lot of the like design subreddits are just a bunch of cranky designers complaining about stuff. Sure. Um, but I, in this is kind of weird. But sometimes if you just put the word Reddit next to your search term in Google, you'll get some like really nice results. And the reason I like to look at Reddit is um, it's nobody is trying to sell me something there. Right. And so you're, you're getting an, an honest opinion about whatever it is you're inquiring about typically. Um, other resources, uh, Webflow. I know we're not a Webflow agency, we're all WordPress, but Webflow is a content management system, but they have a very, very excellent course library about how to develop websites in Webflow, oh, yeah. how to design websites, and they cover a lot of the basic principles of like good website design. Um, and those courses are freely available. They're super deep. Um, they're well organized. I love those courses. They're very good. Um, other other places to go, like if maybe you're not redesigning your website, but you just want like a landing page, tools like Unbounce um, is a tool that we use. Uh, to build a landing page without doing a whole lot of coding and designing is really useful. Um, they have a lot of templates that they know work because probably millions of people have used these templates and they've refined those templates over time. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So if, if you want to get to something fast that has a pretty good chance of working well, tools like Unbounce landing page builders are, are really useful. Um, and then uh, trying to think if there's- You also said, so you said you use Envision, right? To oh, like yeah. wireframe up and, and you know work on designs there. Um, I, in the past, have used mockups for mm -hmm. doing wireframes out. And that seemed like that worked out pretty well between the both of us. Um, I don't do a lot of wireframing, but when I like have an idea for something, that's how I usually give it to you. Um, I think there's like, there's a website out there called glue maps that I've used to build out a site map. Um, you know, if you want to digitally wait or, or just like do it in a spreadsheet or, you know, on a piece of paper. Um, and then, yeah, anything else, or is that kind of, kind of hit it? I mean, YouTube, obviously, like there's probably a lot of stuff on yeah. YouTube. There's uh, a lot of stuff on YouTube, but it, it's kind of like Reddit. You need to be careful. Yeah. There's also a lot of bad advice out there. Um, yeah, Envision's a really good tool. It's not just for creating like prototypes. Um, they have a whiteboarding function that's pretty, pretty good. That has a lot of like pre-built frames and stuff for making wireframes. Um, yeah, there's another. There's another one. I can't remember the name of it though. It's a it's a whiteboarding tool. Uh, Muesli. Mm. No. Heard of Miro no. for whiteboarding. Miro, that's it. Miro, Miro. Yeah. Yeah, Miro is really good too. Yeah. You can do a lot of good stuff in Miro. And I think Miro's all free too. I've seen ads for them. I don't know why they're doing ads if their stuff is free. But anyways, uh, cool, <laughs> Randall. Like, let's get like let's give like one main takeaway from each of us. Like, what is sure. one thing that we should your the audience should consider as they go into mobile website design? Cut, simplify. Yeah. That is that is the trick. Yeah, and I. For mine, I would say, like you said earlier, like, you know, wireframe was for sculptures and it was kind of set in stone. The nice thing with websites is nothing set in stone and things can be changed. So if you design something and you deploy it and it's not working, you can tweak it um, and just make small tweaks over time and you'll get to something that's going to work eventually. So uh, I, it's not like a rush, right? Like just like build over time and, and do it slow. Uh, I think it's probably the best thing that you can do for your website. So um, Randall, thank you so much for joining us and everyone listening. Thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us uh, talking about mobile website design. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can get more information for your, uh, you know, for manufacturing marketers. Uh, and then also consider you know, joining us live on Industrial Marketing Live. That happens the first and third Thursdays of every single month at 10 a.m. Central. Uh, we have a great lineup still coming uh, for the rest of the year. We're filling all topics. Uh, so go to industrialmarketinglive.com to get registered for that. And we'll catch you later. Thanks, everyone. See you.